This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to another episode of Sporting Max. Joining me live here from Marvel Stadium is the big man from Hawthorne. It's brought to you by Phoenix Management Group. Rise like the Phoenix with legends Scott Lucas and Winston Rouse. Big man from the Hawthorne Hawks got traded last year um, in return for Jager O'Meara and a future fourth-round pick in the Hawks land. Big Lloyd Meek in return for those two assets, but it's a major win, that trade for the Hawks. Big Lloyd Meek, it's an absolute privilege to have you here with me in studio. How are you? Thanks, Max. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Going well. Going well. Haven't heard the rise, rise like a phoenix yet. Rise so like a phoenix. That's a nice addition. I was texting Winnie last night, and he said, "I said saw like a phoenix," and he goes, "Rise like a phoenix." <laughs> yeah, no, that's new to me, but I'll run with it. It's good. <laughs> Beautiful. It. Um, I want to get stuck into this season. So obviously, you guys always low expectations of you coming into this season. Um, for me personally, first few rounds there was a lot of haters and a lot of doubts and things like that. I've been intrigued, and I find that the spread of footy and style of footy you guys play um, is. I feel it's almost guaranteed in the future to win you as a flag. Um, we know how disposal efficiency is a big thing um, of Sam Mitchell's game. How have you found um, and adapting to, I guess, this new game plan? Yeah, good. Um, I'll be honest, at first it was very different to what I was used to. Um, Fremantle do a great job at creating really solid system. and Everything's very system-based and Sam mm-hmm. um, really encourages a bit more flair and a bit more think-for-yourself kind of um, mindset. Um, and is happy to sort of tinker with things and change things where others probably wouldn't be happy to go. So, mm-hmm. now it has taken a bit of adjusting. Um, in terms of the ruck role and, and my job, it's not completely different. Um, yeah. A few yep. things to tidy up, but um, it's fun to play in. And I think there's no no secret in saying that it's fast brand of footy and mm-hmm. it's aggressive. And mm-hmm. as a player, that's that's pretty fun and exciting to be a part of. And hopefully, it is for fans too. So, what's it been like to get a couple of big wins this year? Over- Obviously, in the last few weeks, over St Kilda and the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, good, great, and a lot of reward for effort. I yeah. think there was a lot of, um, obviously, all the speculating and stuff at the start of the year as a player yeah. is is pretty hard to cop, and um, there's a lot of staff that put in a lot of tireless hours, and a lot of players have been working really hard. So, it's nice to get um, a couple of solid wins, and we're by no means anywhere near a finished product. And as um, we know, we've got a lot of work to be doing. But yeah, to beat, well, we sort of went. West Coast, who are obviously struggling a bit, mm-hmm. St Kilda. But really, you beat him by a good 120 points. Yeah, made the most of it, <laughs> Yeah, which was good. Um, St Kilda, bad loss to Port, um, mm-hmm. and then a good win against Brisbane. So at the moment, it's a bit of a juggle, and we just got to try and iron out some of the curves in that uh, consistency. How have you guys found, especially that game against Brisbane, you were in some really fine form with a bit of a comeback late in that third term. What did you feel and experience out on the field? Uh, yeah, it was... It was probably, I was just really probably proud of our performance and how we could. They sort of started to get on top of us a bit in the second Mm -hmm. and um, we'd sort of said early, we know that we can run well and we're a fit team and if we can be with them um, going into the main break that it'll hold us up well. So to be able to come out firing in the third, um, a few guys really stood up and um, personally I was able to feel like I've probably had the biggest impact on a game that I've had this year in that quarter and that was something that um, has been what I've been working on. So... Yeah, to come away with that was really pleasing. I want to get into your childhood, Lloyd. What was, I guess, growing up like for you? Yeah, so I started playing footy. I was about 10 uh, out in Minanira, it's called. So mm-hmm. it's about an hour uh, west of Ballarat. Um, small country town. Mum dad on a farm out there. Uh, played juniors up until I was sort of 15 or 16. Then went into boarding school in Ballarat and played mm-hmm. in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
before getting drafted as a 19-year-old from the from the Rebels. But yeah, no, playing up in country footy, I just remember a lot of uh, a lot of big losses. We weren't the strongest teams. We used to lose by a lot, and we always would struggle for numbers. So mm-hmm. we'd often have 14 or 15 guys on a full field, and um, I probably learned how to run and find my own ball a yep. bit, but then lacked <laughs> a bit of the uh, probably the contested marking side of um, the game as a junior because it was always just out in space and, mm-hmm. and yeah, different style of footy, but fell in love with it as soon as I started playing, of course, and trying to hold that passion now. Yeah, absolutely. What was the biggest thing for you in improving as a junior? Um, so it's funny. I don't. I didn't really think about getting drafted as being a realistic yeah. goal. It's obviously a dream that a lot of kids imagine and aspire to. But I, uh, yeah, in terms of improvement, it wasn't really like a. Um, I'm really like need to get better at this and this until I was probably like 18, 19, mm-hmm. and I missed out on that first draft. And I was like, all right, like instead of just getting better at footy in general, it's like what can I actually work on? And I had some yeah. really good mentors around that time um, that helped me. Um, grow grow my game and um, yeah then obviously even getting drafted I didn't play AFL in my first three years so it took mm-hmm. a while to get to the level and, and that in its own was a, a fair process so yeah but it, when I was a kid I, I was just having fun every day out there on a Saturday <laughs> although it wasn't too much going through my head so yeah now he gave up a potential rowing career. We know how good um, I guess Ballarat Grammar are um, in terms of their rowing and things like that. Can you tell me a bit about this? Yeah, I was a rower, so I'd, my family have all had a fair background in rowing. Mm. Um, not heaps in footy, not not too many footballers come from the Meeks, but no, um, my brother and my sister and my dad all rowed and his sisters. Um, and so, yeah, I started rowing in year nine and, and loved it at Grammar on Lake Wendry and um, had a fair bit of success with my career. Um, and then in year 11, had a really good year with it and going into year 12, had a fair few other things on and decided to I'd focus on um, school and football and um, it was just a really good, I could see it was really going to be a busy year and I'd sort of achieved what I'd wanted to in the sport so was happy to part ways and, and move down the football direction and I think that's as a kid growing up in Australia you don't often, um, I was lucky enough that I, I could have a go at both I suppose but footy was always where my passion has been in life. What was that cross code differential advantage that I guess you could probably could have probably taken out of rowing into footy? Yeah, it's a good question. Rowing, rowing, you, you really learn how to push yourself physically. It's a very draining sport um, and requires a real work rate. So I definitely learned a lot of traits there on how to push myself, push pain barriers, um, organise your week around mm-hmm. training and, mm-hmm. and, and a bit of professionalism as well. Um, definitely not coordination though. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very fine motor movement of just the one motion over and over again. So compared to footy where you've got a million different ones, mm-hmm. wasn't a heap of crossover there, but a great fitness base to work off. And um, even now with my running, I'm a real aerobic runner. Mm-hmm. Um, bit of a diesel engine, mate. So not too much there, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that's a lot of rowing as well from a young age. It definitely helped. Um, how do you feel about your aerobic capacity and things like that? And obviously Sam Mitchell's um, really high and throughout his career was going at um, at an average of 74% or 70, between that and 79% um, disposal efficiency and kicking by foot um, throughout his career. Has he has that been a real influence and factor in the way you guys play the game? You mentioned how it's fast, chaotic football, but obviously there's got to be that aspect of it too. Yeah, definitely. It's something we've spoken about a bit and um, the execution element of the game. It's a funny one because it's not something that you can... No one's out there trying to miss a kick. No mm, one is mm. trying to turn ever turn the ball over, but it's like how much are you really concentrating and how much mm-hmm. we talk about putting price on a disposal. So 
um, from every time you kick a ball at the, from the start of the week on a Monday afternoon when you're still sore and you're still recovering from the games mm-hmm. right through until Captain's Run. It's like we can laugh and enjoy it and enjoy each other's company, but as soon as we're um, the whistle's blown and we're into the drills, um, can you really put a price on your disposal? And the game day stuff, that's just the end product and it's just a product of everything we're doing during the week. And um, yeah, as I, as I said, it's probably just... Um, yeah, that's that's the end product, and <clears throat> trying to just get the process right. He talked me through what the experience of playing in a league with the Greater Western Vic Rebels and the TSC Cup was like. Yeah, good. Loved my time at the Rebels. Uh, had a couple of great mentors there, uh, David Loder and Jared Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. two really good coaches. Um, talent manager Phil Partington, uh, another great mentor, and then a lot of great friends around me as well, playing um, footy together, and uh, obviously gutted to miss out on the. 2016 draft as an 18 year old but probably knew that I wasn't in a position to get drafted and it was sort of that point where you finished school and I was like okay now I need yeah. to decide what I want to do with my life and yeah. it was a that was like all I really want to do is play footy and so I knuckled down and have a crack at that in my 19 year old year and um, yeah Rebels is a, is a great program and um, it's funny now watching kids come through the program well and truly out of touch with any mm-hmm. younger siblings or anything like that but um yeah, it's nice to see that I've had a few drafted since me as well. Obviously, a couple of years in that program, um, you were a 19-year-old TSC Cup player. Um, obviously, you made the necessary improvements to some of the deficiencies in your game at that time. Did you feel there was a certain improvement you had to make in order to make the elite and make the AFL? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, when I look back on that time, a lot of it was being the big guy on the field is the physicality of the, and the aggression of being a ruck. And mm-hmm. I'm naturally a fairly calm and uh, mannered person so there was something that didn't come yeah supernaturally to me and I remember recruiters and Pardo and everyone just telling me you just got to be got to be a bit more fierce got to be angrier mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and a lot of that led to me just hitting bikes off the ball and stuff that, <laughs> stuff that wasn't what they meant um, but I ended up learning how to reframe that in my own way yeah um, and using different cues like just like timing and committing to the contest and things like that um, mm-hmm. and that's something that's gradually improved over my time and now from the outside in, when people talk about me, I hope that they, they do talk about like the big physical guy who has a presence and that's what I something I will really like to be known by and that started from, yeah, I put my eyes on that from something when I was really young because it was so far away from being a strength that now mm-hmm. hopefully it's coming into my um, kit bag. A significant increase, obviously, Sean, in your game uh, in your second year with an increase of six hitouts and four touches a game um, and your ruck smarts, as you mentioned, really came uh, into fruition and you mentioned uh, being able to knock blokes off the ball and being more fierce as a part of your game. What, I guess, was the real determining factor in being able to um, knock blokes out of the way, being a bit more fierce um, in the ruck contest? Um, oh, it's just training. So much training, so much hours. And people, like I said before, just see the end product on TV and think that that's what we're doing. But I spend, yeah, hours during the week trying to get these things right. And a lot of it just starts with the basics of my role and my craft and the ability to get your hand on the ball was the main one following up and then your aerial ability and um, I've always following up after the rock contest is something I've always tried to put I feel like that's something I find easiest to do compared to other things out there and um, yeah a lot of that stuff's fun that's that's where the big tackles are and um, that's where you can get a lot of footy as well. Do you think people from an outsider's view underestimate um, the amount of hours put in? Uh, yeah probably 
Probably. Oh, I'm not sure. It's it's a bit of both because it's funny because even my mates and stuff outside of footy will give me a bit of slack for um, not working a full job and we we get pretty <laughs> lucky with our contact hours. But it's probably the hours around the lifestyle that yeah that are underestimated and just you, the, how hard it is to really fully switch off from your diet mm-hmm. to um, you know stressing about things, um, carrying it with you everywhere rather than. Um, purely just at the club training, it, it's the it's the whole package. What was playing for Vic Country like, obviously in under 18s in 2017? Great, yeah. I think I played I played a heap of trial games, and I only ended up playing one game for each my 18 and 19 year old mm-hmm. year. So I played two games total. Um, Love pulling on the big V, as all kids sort of dream of, and the state origin game is something that I would have loved to see in our code at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of players would love to see that come back eventually in in one way or another, whether I know they did one a couple of years ago for a, a charity game, but yeah, um, yeah, no, it was a great experience. And I think back then I was pretty young and pretty raw to the to the sport, and just like from where I'd come from as a junior in the bush to come up and it's like playing against men pretty much in the mm-hmm. state league. Like I can't believe the skill and the standard of it all. So yeah, they do a great job with all those uh, programs and another another stepping stone that helped me get to where I am. So what point did Winnie and Scott Lucas approach you? Uh, that was. It would have been to probably, oh, they actually started talking to me pretty early. I didn't pick a manager until I was, uh, I think it was like two months out from the draft yeah. at a 19-year-old. Yeah. So I didn't even have one as an 18-year-old. And mm-hmm. um, Pardo, Phil Pardo, who I mentioned before, was really good at uh, just mediating and helping me understand that I didn't need one at that point. And it was yeah. just trying to keep things simple for me. Just think about your footy and then we'll sort you out when the time's right. And mm-hmm. met with a few. And yeah, Winnie and Scotty were the ones I connected with the best and haven't looked back. So at what age did they really, I guess, uh, I you probably, first make contact? I probably first got a letter from them or spoke to them when I was 18, 17 or 18, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it wasn't until I was 19 that committed, but yeah, some guys sign up a lot younger than that. It was just the way that I didn't. Mm-hmm. The development in that big country, those big country games would have been um, an in, an. In, incredible experience um, for yourself of being able to take your game to a whole new level last year. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny, like, when you look at the whole span of my career, um, getting drafted through that period and playing the big country and tackle games and the trial games, and that was all great, and so much talk and thoughts about recruiters and what are they mm-hmm. thinking about me and all that, mm-hmm. but then get drafted and don't play for three years. So it's sort yeah. of like had this sudden... Like, was it almost a high to, like... Um, I guess. Yeah, but then the low doesn't really come. It was. The, yeah. high, the high was yeah. really high. Then the low doesn't really come because it's just this gradual week by week. Yeah. Not picked again, not picked again, yeah. not picked again. And, um, I ended up playing some Waffle Reserves football. I think yeah. I played nearly 15 games of Waffle Reserves, which is like the what used to be the development yeah. in the VFL. Um, and like even all of that, that time period, that three years, that was probably my biggest improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the big country program, a small taste of it and sort of like a sample size of um, how to get better and exposure to the best coaches and that sort of thing and then mm-hmm. getting drafted into the system and I look at that zero to three year period as a real sort of money period to um, create the de- and develop me and my skills to yeah to now and, and then hopefully this period I'm in now is going to be the next stage where it's just that real hell bent on improvement and trying to get better. Can you elaborate on that zero to three um, money period a bit more? Yeah, so um, Peel Thunder is the alignment with Fremantle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every week, there's obviously you have your 22, 23 guys play AFL and everyone else on the list will go back and play for Peel. And um, yeah, I, I missed sort of 
probably six months with a broken foot at one point, but apart from that, played most games down at Peel and um, built up a good base there and um, was lucky enough to win the club best and fairest there last year, which was kind of funny because a lot of people had said to me when I first came in the door how far off I'd been. Um, wow. And so playing waffle reserves and stuff, and obviously you don't really... Um, I always expected a lot of myself in that in those mm-hmm. times, but I think mm-hmm. others probably didn't. So just had to chip away, had some great mentors, some great coaches who were really committed in helping me get better. Um, and really I felt like, I, I feel like I was just a product of coming in with a good attitude and a good mindset uh, and a commitment to, to learn. Um, and then the rest will kind of happen for you if you're willing to do all that. That sounds simple, but... Yeah. <laughs> Pick 69 in the 2017 draft. Can you take me through the nerves on draft day and some people don't realise how much tension or what's going through a player's mind on a day like that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's a long, Were you watching long it? time ago now. I did watch it for sure. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. I was pretty very intense. Even the week leading up to it, everyone's asking me about it. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? And I mm-hmm. was like, a, yeah, this is very much in my head and if I was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Winnie saying Fremantle and Essendon were the two that were probably the most likely if it's going to happen. And mm-hmm. He was really good at prepping me for the plan B and what if it's not going to happen. And mm-hmm. I'd gotten into a course at La Trobe Uni, so I was thinking of looking, you know, we're going to have to think about VFL clubs and going to uni and what's that mm-hmm. look like. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, luckily enough, whittled through the draft, didn't have many people there, um, just mum and dad and sister and partner, girlfriend. Um, and yeah, yeah, name gets pulled out at pick 69 towards the tail end, but obviously going to Fremantle, family was all a bit. Uh, in two minds, but they were all so stoked for me just knowing how much it meant to me. How'd you find moving stats to the opposite side of the country? Because I've heard from a couple of different players like Jake Kelly found it tough um, leaving home, his family feeling a bit homesick for, I guess, that first few weeks period when he was in Adelaide. You moving across, I guess, to the other side of the country, how'd you feel, yeah. um, I guess, about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was all a really good adventure, a really mm-hmm. good experience. Um, my girlfriend, Alan, he didn't come with me for the first few years and so that, yep. was, that was tough being away from her and being away from family and stuff and friends outside of football but what sort of happens because we had 10 in our draft crop mm-hmm. in 2017 um, and so and I think eight of that 10 were interstate so we formed this real sort of tight-knit bond and I'm yep. still really close with most of those guys now um, and they're yeah and that sort of helped us sort of really band together and we did everything together really live together and train mm-hmm. together every day and um yeah, socialise together, like, and it was, it means it's, you form this really close-knit, close-knit relationship, and there's obviously times where you really miss um, being able to just get your head out of footy in the bubble and go back yep. home, but um, COVID obviously didn't help that, but um, loved my time over there and really fell in love with Fremantle and Perth as a place, Yeah, You debuted against Melbourne in 2021, obviously you mentioned that's, th- that's a good three or four years um, playing Waffle and in the reserves. What was that like to get recognised for, you know, all your efforts and be able to make your debut? Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, special, special time. It was, yeah, round one against Melbourne at the G against Gorney, um, <laughs> which was a pretty intimidating debut uh, at the time. But, um, yeah, Sean Darcy was injured and there was sort of a period halfway-ish through 2020 where the club had sort of said to me, um, which is funny hearing hearing it because you sort of always think, oh, if this ruck gets injured and that ruck gets mm-hmm. injured, then I'll play. But there was a period halfway through 2020 where they actually come to me and said, if, if an opportunity presents, you, you're now ready. We see mm-hmm. you as ready to, mm-hmm. to, to have a go. But just needed then the opportunity. And that didn't come until round one the following year. But it's mm-hmm. sort of like funny, like before that period, 
they sort of saw me as regardless of who was injured, I still wasn't going to play. And yeah. That was yeah. sort of hard to swallow, but then it was also like, oh, well, I'm past it now. Um, mm-hmm. So eyes forward and, yeah, intimidating, intimidating day. We lost by 20 or 30 points, I think, mm-hmm. against Melbourne mm-hmm. on that day and um, since played Gorney again one more time and have lost again. But, yeah, no, it, was, it was a pretty special moment, just lots of reward. And I don't know, when you're working towards something the whole time and over a longer period, it sort of might look like it's popped up and everyone around you is so excited, but it's sort of like you expect it to happen because it's what you're mm-hmm. working towards. So um, without any arrogance in that, that's just sort of um, the natural perception of it. But um, yeah, was proud of myself that I was able to get there. Nice job too, right? Like that's what obviously yeah, exactly. your end goal. You do, yeah. When you do it every day, um, yeah, when you do it every day, it doesn't creep up on you because that's mm-hmm. what you're working towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now we know the environment and culture set at Fremantle. Nat Fife winning a brown though, obviously in your time at the club in 2019. What type of influence or impact did he have on you, and how does he make that culture thrive? Yeah, he's a special man. He's 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 probably the most professional. If you look at his preparation as a whole, he's probably the most mm. professional guy I've ever come across. And it was great to me to be able to pick his brains and ask heaps of questions and, um, yeah, just just understand about what's made him the player he is over his journey. And one thing he, I remember he said to me once, so he said to a group of us as, as younger players, was he's, he still firmly doesn't think he's any better player than anyone else in the competition. And he was almost really talking down his football ability. And he was just like, I'm just the best preparer by far. And he was just mm-hmm. confident that he was mm-hmm. the best preparer. And like, talk about preparation as in, a lot of guys think that's two days out from the game. But yeah. his preparation yeah. would start like, the start of pre-season or the start of off-season as soon as the year had ended. Like, he just thought that he would do so much, he could fit so much work into his, um, talking out of turn about him, but this is what yeah. he had said to me. Um, yeah, could fit so much in that he was just the best preparer and he wasn't actually that good a player, but that's what made him good. So uh, other people would probably beg to differ given his natural talent and mm-hmm. the ability he can take marks and crash through packs and win some of the contested ball he can win. Um, but that was how he looked at it. Were Fremantle keen on keeping you at the end of last year? Yeah, they were. They were. Um, yeah, it was, it was some tricky conversations I had to have and... Um, was tried tried to be as honest and transparent as I as I could, yep. and they did the same. And um, obviously, Sean was playing there, and they had Lobby, and Lobby was leaving. Luke Jackson was coming. Mm-hmm. That was all fairly obvious. So for me, I saw my position there as being um, similar to what it had been the last couple of years, which was you'll mm-hmm. play, I'll play, you know, a few games here and there. But I'm really obviously was um, pretty open to try and make a name for myself and get some more opportunity, which I'm just sort of starting to get hold of now. Um, but yeah, I was I was playing an important role for them at, at Freo, and I think they they did see a future for me there. And I was still a year in contract, so um, it was a bit tricky. But I was just so thankful and grateful that they were able to see eye to eyes with Hawks and come come to a deal in the end. What was the recruiting process like for you to land at Hawthorne? Were your sights set on coming home? Uh, not necessarily. Winston was awesome. He was really good at because um, I was playing in the waffle and yeah. I had a few AFL games the whole year yeah. um, so you sort of week to week having all these conversations at the start of the week and then by the end of the week when you sort of let's you yeah. just worry about footy and he was really good at filtering out just the conversations I needed to hear because mm-hmm. it was often there was a lot of talks around Is it, Was there mixed signals or messages? Uh, a bit a lot of it was just around narrowing down the clubs and yeah. I was lucky yeah. normally if you're not getting a game at a club it's, it's rare that you'll get contacted by multiple clubs mm-hmm. but um Luckily enough, I, I was able to, I think just being a ruck, 
um, and being at the top of the state league helps you then a lot of people view you as ready to take that next step so mm-hmm. um, yeah it was a it was a stressful and enjoyable process at the same time and it was it gave me a lot of confidence playing every week thinking oh these clubs that uh, talking to Winston um, really set value me and they think that I'm you know worth this mm-hmm. um, and that gives you a bit of confidence because that's sort of something that you often waver within your head of like can I really get there but yeah, absolutely. So signing a two-year deal with the Hawks in the trade period with yourself and a future second round landing at the Hawks. And I believe there was a convincing pitch from Sam Mitchell. Can you take me through this? Uh, yeah, he's funny. He's even knowing, <laughs> getting to know him a bit better now. He's that cheeky. Uh, and he's, he's very funny with his um, the, some of the conversations we had. But uh, he was great. Very honest, very mm-hmm. direct, um, really good at um, painting a picture of the list and the club and where they see it going and um, obviously there was, <coughs> excuse me, some, um, had a couple of different choices and options, but yeah, I Sam chatted with him a couple of times and everything he sort of spoke about really excited me and, um, the opportunity and the thought of coming in and being a part of this, something that we can really build, um, really excited me. Um, and then obviously looking at rock opportunity as well mm-hmm. and the ability to come in and compete and, um, build a partnership with Ned and. Um, saw that it was all that all just lined up for me, and um, yeah, certainly took my time to come to the decision, but got there in the end. Because him and his wife flew over to Perth, didn't they? To they did, yeah, yeah, they did. So that was just as the season had ended, came straight over, and I remember I said, oh, you don't need to do that. Like we're <laughs> having to jump on Zoom or have a phone call. Like I understand your interests, um, but he was pretty clear, and now uh, we want to come over and see you. And Lyndall came to see my partner Al, which was. Um, yeah, caring thought because the mm-hmm. partners are such mm-hmm. a big part of everything we do, and um, obviously it's moving her life around, mm-hmm. if anything, more than mine because mm-hmm. she had only sort of just come to Perth, and um, so that was yeah, all part of it from them, and yeah, they were at our house for like four hours, and we just talked about everything footy, and um, same again, very honest and um, cheeky, cheeky <laughs> asking lots of forward questions before I'd sort of given them a hint of committing. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> That was his style, and I suppose it all worked in the end, didn't it? So how have you, fa- how have you found your time at the Hawks so far? Obviously, a great leader in James Sisley um, at the head with Sam. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Just a really committed, driven playing group. Um, all very enthusiastic. We often talk about having youth um, means we have spirit, and, mm-hmm. and, we'll, and mm-hmm. we, we really need to never lose that because that's going to be our competitive advantage. Um Knew that, uh, as you said earlier in the podcast, not having too many expectations at the start of the year, but internally, um, we're, we're, we're pretty hell-bent on maximising that growth mm-hmm. rate that we're going to have. And hopefully now towards <clears throat> or reaching the halfway point of the year, we can come into the second half of the year and um, really ex- keep excelling and, and sort of kicking goals into the end of the year because um, it's dead time if we're not improving as quick as we possibly can be. And that's sort of been the mantra um, all the way through the year and then byproduct of that is that we've been able to win a couple of games the last month so hopefully we can keep going so was there I guess was there a goal like what would be I guess a pass or a tick the box at the start of the season for you guys as in an expectation as in an expectation set by the Uh, playing and coaching group no not not really probably just what I just mentioned about just improvement Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I think you gotta be I feel like the expectations are often from the outside and and mm-hmm. people um, would say this team 
should finish in the finals this year. Mm-hmm. They should finish top four. And it's always based on where you finished the year before. Yeah. But a lot of things that change year to year in a list. And um, the club's obviously gone through a pretty big rebuild space mm. um, over the last year or two years. Um, so, yeah, in terms of expectation, there wasn't any. And that's probably helped a bit um, in terms of pressure. But the expectations we put on ourselves as players and, and as a coaching group and a footy department, um, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty high. But as I said, they're more so week to week rather than looking at the year as a whole. So having found, I guess, being able to cooperate with Connor Nash, Ned Reeves, Maxi Lynch at the Hawks this year? Yeah, great. Um, yeah, really, really good. Some of the mids, um, I probably underestimated how good they were. Mm-hmm. Um, without offence to them, it's probably a compliment. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, John Newcomb, Connor Nash, James Warhol, Will Day, Cam McKenzie coming mm-hmm. in this year, um, Harry Morrison, Carl Amon, Lockie Bramble on the wings. Like, And it's just such a... It's funny, like you looked at the Hawks midfield group at the start of the year and it was sort of like got all this opportunity, like mm-hmm. who's going to come mm-hmm. in and take the spot. And now it's like we've got these guys that are absolutely like killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're starting to really build a bit of chemistry there. And then obviously, yeah, competing with the Rucks, Ned, Max and Max. So Rams and Lynch, Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good. And we had a pretty slog, pretty big slog against each other in pre-season. And yeah, it's part of the Ruck space is that you compete with one another when you're on the field and then off the field you sort of obviously build that um, camaraderie and, and, and partnership and now learning Ned and the way he plays has, has been something that I've really enjoyed and um, feel like we're building some good steps towards a good partnership. So Lloyd, now it's time for our Phoenix management question of the week. Rise like the Phoenix with legend Scott Lucas and Winston Rouse. Our Phoenix management question of the week comes off Instagram from Tucker and he asks... If you had, if you could tap to anyone and you're rucking for the Hawks in the middle, who would you tap to? So you got John Newcomb, Will Day, Mitch Lewis. Uh, you know what's funny is that often at training we'll do centre bounces at the end, <laughs> and Sis always finds his way to come in. I think he's had one centre bounce attendance for the year, but he'll come yep. in and just pretend that he's running the show um, and fly through at a million miles an hour. But um, Nash is a good one to hit too. Yeah. yeah, I do enjoy hitting to Nashi. He's so big. He's like 197 centimeters, mm-hmm. strong as he's stronger than me in the gym. Um, and so often, if you can get him on a matchup that we like, it's just to like hit it to Nashi and let him do his mm-hmm. thing. Um, in saying that, they're all they're all pretty good at doing that. So yeah, he's probably the one. Yeah, absolutely. The club looks to be heading um, into great place, and you could, I guess, you'd really see that improvement um, once he's hit, I guess, around 10 or 11. And now with Dubai, you guys, we've really seen and everyone's really started to see an improvement um in this core group of young guys and you just listed you listed names before and for me that was like well this team is going to be like will day mitch lewis Mm. um john newcomb if you guys can retain that core group with yourself um and connor nash it's going to be really influential and significant hopefully hopefully yeah i think there's nine of us that are the same age yeah turning 25 this year and that's like a big chunk and then there's also like half a list of under their third year of playing mm-hmm. um, but yeah as you said just got to keep ticking the boxes and, and trying to get better each week and um, hopefully we can close out the year with a few more good wins and um, build into 2024 Has there been a massive focus on the young guys and improving and yourself obviously being I guess one of the older blokes of the group I guess you could <laughs> say um, being able to lead some of the younger kids coming through Yeah definitely like I've only played uh, mid 20s 20 games so I'm mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. but funny on age I am yeah. older so it's a funny um, contradiction there but no definitely and we've got some really good development coaches who do a great job and um, yeah the club 
have been like obviously game day experience is like your mm-hmm. number one. That's how you're going to get better, and that's how you're going to improve. But then it's all the little things, the craft and the knowledge, and um, yeah, been putting in some good hours towards that. Who's your favourite teammate at the club? Oh, tough question. Favourite teammate. Fergus Green. Yep. Fergus Green is is a character. He's someone I know I can always go to and just have a, have a good laugh. And, uh, if you're on an spirit. island and there was one person you just couldn't be stuck with and there's one person you wouldn't take with you, who would that be? From the club. From the club, yeah. Or over your whole career who you've played with. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, <laughs> that's a tricky one. <laughs> who can I stitch up here? I... I reckon let's go with Max Lynch. Max yeah. Lynch. Why Maxie yeah. Lynch? Max Lynch. I reckon that I would find him funny for a couple of days and then I'd be like, mate. You Get sick of him. Yeah, we need to we need yeah. ways now. Well, yeah, it was a bit shocked because I called him a loose unit at the Hawthorne Gold Cup and he was like, loose unit. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I've known you for about 30 seconds, mate. I'm not too sure. I haven't hit the nail. <laughs> I haven't hit the nail. He's a ripper. He's a ripper. Can't talk about him. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Lloyd, it's been an absolute honour to chat with you today. It's been great to have you on. Um, before I let you go, I know you've got a busy schedule. What's bye week been like for you? Bye week's been great. Yeah, great. Had a, had a golf trip down to Barnbrugal mm. with a few of the Hawks boys, which was really good fun. Um, back to my farm and then um, catch up with some of else's family as well. So, no, it's been a good little mental reset and ready to attack the back end of the year. How are you feeling about the game this week? Good, yeah, up to Gold Coast this week, so against Big Witsy and um, Casbolt backs up for them, so now it'll be good into the, some warm weather and uh, stay an extra night and then hopefully go for a swim at the beach or something while I'm up there, but no, nah, it's, it's going to be good, pull the sleeves back and it'll be a tough game, Gold Coast have been tracking pretty well and they'll be pretty keen to bounce back after a bad loss against Carlton, so um, yeah, we'll be ready to go to battle. Yeah, absolutely, Lloyd, thanks so much for joining us, it's been a privilege to have you here um, in at Marvel, thanks. and best of luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, Max. Nah, Legend. Love your work, mate. Cheers. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.